Well, welcome everybody again to Harbour Church. So great to be with you. My name's Alex. I'm the vicar of Harbour Church. And just to reiterate the welcome that Catherine gave at the beginning of the service. And um, if you're in school year 7 to 10, then we'd love to invite you to be part of our Harbour Youth. Um, They meet on Zoom at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning, so do go and check that out. This morning, I'd love to talk to you about grief. Not the most cheerful of subjects for a Sunday morning, I know, but something that I think all of us can relate to at this time. The easing of the coronavirus lockdown restrictions means that we're now free to go out for a socially distant walk, to invite people over for a barbecue. And ever since that's been a possibility for each one of us, it hasn't stopped raining. And I don't know if you found the same thing, that it's been constant rain ever since the coronavirus lockdown restrictions have been eased. And I know that for some people, the easing of the restrictions has led to a new stress, a new level of anxiety. FOMO, which didn't exist in our lives for 12 weeks, now is back. The fear of missing out has returned now that it's possible for people to actually do stuff. We didn't have FOMO when it wasn't possible to do anything because nobody was doing anything. And I don't know if you're also experiencing the stress of suddenly having nothing to do other than the constant invites to family quizzes, which never existed before lockdown. But now somebody wants to catch up. Your parents want to have you over for a barbecue in the garden. A friend wants to go for a socially distanced walk or work pressure is back on. This new rhythm actually has its own stresses and challenges, just like finding a new rhythm did when we went into lockdown in the first place. Both of those rhythms are different to the rhythm that we had before lockdown. And discovering what a new positive rhythm looks like for you in your life right now is the question that we're going to address over the next couple of weeks. We're going to look at some of the rhythms and practices that perhaps we put in place during lockdown that could be useful to keep and to maintain, or a new rhythm that we could discover for our lives that could be useful. And we're going to look at the way that Jesus lived his life over 2,000 years ago and the rhythms and practices that he put into place that could be helpful for each one of us. But today, as I mentioned earlier, I want to look at the subject of grief. And in particular, I want to look at a verse from the book of Jeremiah, a book in the Old Testament of the Bible. And there's this verse in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to bring you to harm, to give you a hope and a future. And for those people watching this morning who are regular churchgoers, you will probably be familiar with that verse because somebody will have sent it to you at some point as some kind of encouragement or you will have heard somebody else in church talking about that verse. And if you're not a Christian or a regular churchgoer and you're just tuning in, if you hang around for long enough, it won't be long before somebody sends you that verse when you're feeling a bit down or where you're worried about your future and says, no worries, I know the uh, plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not bring you any harm. And the truth is that that verse has been misappropriated by many people, including me, because we send it to one another to try and encourage each other, to try and say, hey, you know what, God's got good plans for you, everything's going to be all right. But the fuller picture of where that verse is taken from has loads more to say to us. And that's what I want to explore this morning together. Jeremiah is a prophet, which means he was somebody that God spoke to in order to speak to more people. God would give him words and pictures and visions that he would then share with other people. And Jeremiah had this um, prophecy, this sort of uh, outpouring of words which God had wanted for his people to hear. And it's written down as a letter to the exiles. 
And the reason it's written as a letter to the exiles is because at the time, God's people who had been living in Jerusalem had been conquered, removed from their home city of Jerusalem and taken to live in Babylon against their will. And this is what the whole verse says. Jeremiah chapter 29. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. God's people who had been conquered and removed from their home city had their lives and their livelihoods and their relationships snatched away from them and been moved over to Babylon to live in exile were experiencing grief. And many of us can relate to that. We're experiencing grief right now. We may be experiencing grief at the loss of a loved one. We may have lost somebody during this time to coronavirus or just lost somebody to another illness or disease. We're grieving the loss of our way of life, the loss of our children going to school, the loss of being able to meet up and have friendships to go to work. Many of us are grieving the loss of intimacy with our loved ones. Many people are experiencing grief now that has been brought about by the death, the brutal murder of George Floyd. It's brought about grief in them as people recognize the only injustice they faced in their own lives and other people are grieving alongside those who have been personally impacted. I read an article by a psychologist who said that many of us are experiencing anticipatory grief, which means that we're experiencing grief for things that we haven't lost yet, and things that haven't happened yet, but we know that we are going to lose them. It could be the grieving the loss of a holiday that is still to come this year, the loss of your normal way of life come September, the loss of being able to go to the prom that was scheduled in a few weeks' time. You may be grieving anything else in your life, right now, from the past, or in the future. And God's people who were in captivity in Babylon were experiencing grief in their lives as well. Psychologists suggest that there are five stages of grief. And reflecting on my own journey through coronavirus, through what the world is facing right now, I can definitely recognise those stages of grief in me. The first stage of grief is anger. I remember feeling angry when schools shut down. You may have been feeling angry. Denial. Denial, I remember saying, hey, you know, it's probably just the flu. We'll be over this by Easter. Bargaining. Hey, I'm happy to go into lockdown for six weeks if life can then go back to normal. Depression. 
Many people right now are facing depression because of their circumstances, because of their loss, because of what they're facing. I found that just my mood on certain days has been really low. You may have been experiencing those stages of grief recently. The final stage of grief is acceptance. And when I read the message that God had to say to the people who were living in exile in Babylon, it's interesting that I think what God is saying is, I know that you've lost so much, you're hurting and that you're in pain, but I'm, I'm encouraging you to move through the stages of grief, to move into a season of acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean forgetting what's gone on. Acceptance doesn't mean giving up. Acceptance means finding a new rhythm in the now. It doesn't mean stopping to fight against racial injustice in the world. It means living and finding a rhythm in the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now. Moving beyond anger, denial, depression, bargaining. There are a few things from that uh, letter to the exiles that I'd love to pull out for us really quickly this morning. The first thing is that God says, settle down. Settle down. He said, build houses and gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have your sons and daughters marry. He's encouraging people to live their lives. And that's what I sense God saying to each one of us right now. He's saying, don't give up on your life because you're waiting for it to come back around. Don't put things on pause and halt your life. Move your life forward. Begin to advance. Begin to find a rhythm in the right now. Live in, I mean, planting a garden. And that's all I've been doing during lockdown. I've been looking after my roses, fighting slugs off. But what, he, what God is trying to say is, live your life right now. Right where you are. Not holding on for something else to change, but right now. To move to a stage of our grief where acceptance is our new normal. It acknowledges the stage of life that we're in right now. Settle down. The next thing that I thought was interesting from the passage is that God says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. God's people were in captivity in Babylon and they would have hated that city because it represented their loss of freedom. You may be watching in Portsmouth, beyond Portsmouth, or anywhere around the country or around the world. But wherever you are, that is where God has you right now. And his message is to seek the prosperity of where you are. I've been so impressed with our For the City team over the last 12 weeks as they've increased our food bank opening hours, run a homeless meal for those people who are homeless or in need of food on Monday evenings, who've cooked a meal for domestic abuse refugees all around Portsmouth every Wednesday evening and delivered um, goodie bags and uh, things to key workers. We as a church are called to play our part in the prosperity of the city and I feel more sure than ever that uh, as a vision we have our part to play in the transformation of society in seeing Portsmouth alive and thriving and that means that we have to play our part in standing up and fighting racial injustice that we have to work to build a fairer, more just society, that each one of us is called to play our part in that. And perhaps what God is saying to you this morning is, how can I seek the peace and prosperity of where I am right now? God says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. The third instruction that God gives the group of people is to pray to the Lord for the city. This call to prayer is more urgent than ever, and it's what the church can offer the world, is that we believe that it's totally possible to speak to the creator of the universe, to hear what God has to say to you about your life, about our city, 
And actually, that's why we've opened up a prayer meeting that's been happening ever since Harbour Church started. For the last four years, we've been praying every Thursday morning at 9.30 in the morning for half an hour for the peace and prosperity of this city, for the flourishing of our church, for our people. And I'd love to invite you to join us on Thursday mornings as we continue to cry out to God. You know, there are loads of different forms of prayer. Sometimes we're just listening to see, God, how do you want to speak to us and encourage us? And there's nothing more amazing than being able to hear what God has got to say to you. The call to prayer is for each and every one of us. And I wonder if you might sense that you're called to play your part in praying for the peace and prosperity of the city. God says, pray. And the fourth and final message that God gives us is that he, will, he says, I will bring you back from your captivity. The final message comes from that part of this passage where the most famous verse is taken. That I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future not to bring you to harm. That is God's promise, that life will return. That God's promise is that we won't be living this weird half-life forever, that racial injustice is not the story for the rest of eternity, that there is a better future, that God is bringing around recreation, that he's making the world whole again. And that is what he encourages you to hold on to, that yes, this new rhythm that we find ourselves in right now might not be the rhythm that we would choose, that life hasn't returned to normal, but God sees you, he hears you, he knows that pain. He's experienced that pain when he came to earth as Jesus to live our life, to experience our, our pain. But the promise with God is that he is working through all things for our good and for his glory, that he will restore all things, that he knows the plans he has for us to prosper us and not to bring us from harm. And his message to the people who were living in exile in Babylon was that right now, settle down, dig a garden, get married, live in this life and find a rhythm. But know that I will call you home. Know that I will restore all good things. Know that I am always working for the good of those who love me. And I wonder how you might be feeling this morning. Perhaps you're experiencing grief very real grief right now. Perhaps you just want to cry out to the Lord and say, this isn't fair, I'm done with this, I want my life to return. Perhaps you feel incredibly moved personally or more globally by the Black Lives Matter movement. And my encouragement is to allow God to minister to you in that place of grief. And we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would meet with each one of us. And right now, prayer rooms are opening and the link is going to be in the comments of the Facebook Live and you can also find information on our social media. If you'd like someone to pray with you right now, then you can just go on that Zoom group and two people will pray for you in a private Zoom room. But I'd like to pray right now that each one of us is filled with the Holy Spirit. So wherever you are watching this, maybe just take a moment and just close your eyes. It might seem silly in your lounge or your bedroom putting your hands out, but just say, Lord Jesus, I would like to experience your presence with me this morning, to know your love. And I pray, Holy Spirit, pour out your presence. Fill each one of us who wants to know more of your love. And as God always does, he's beginning to send his peace by the power of his Holy Spirit. That each person here watching can, can experience God's peace. That pain that we're experiencing deep down to do with grief, that God is ministering to that. 
And you might want to just say, Lord, I want more of your presence, more of your Holy Spirit. You might even find that he begins sort of, um, you feel emotional, that you might just have tears. You might sort of want to wrestle with God and say, no, I just still feel so angry about this situation. I feel so cross and God will be with you in that. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit. And as we worship now, I pray that you would increase what you're doing. And I'd love to encourage anybody this morning to get some prayer, to pray with somebody. And you can do that right now. But for the rest of us, let's continue in this place of prayer and worship as we worship together.